It's simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. Welcome to today's episode of the Tea with Mike show. Uh, Elijah. Elijah is an educator, a musician, and a member of the band 1002. Uh, welcome to Tea with Mike, Elijah. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be doing this finally. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm really, again, excited uh, to be connected. And obviously, we're going to uh, dive into your story and your uh, journey and see all the cool uh, things that you do. So first up, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where you now call home? Um, so I am born and raised here in Red Deer, Alberta. I've lived in the same house my, my whole life here in Red Deer. Um, yeah, and I'm finishing out my degree here. So for the time being, Red Deer is Red Deer is home base. That's for sure. I think uh, you know that might change eventually. But for right now, the scene is here. My degree is here. My job is here. My bandmates are here. So I don't see any reason to be leaving the nest right now. But yeah. Even as you were talking, there was a little bit of a... a a little bit of a lyrical component to how you uh, stitched uh, those different things together. Hey, I mean, it's just in my, you gotta say it's just in my, in my blood then. Where is the dream city? If you could take your suitcase and your musical instruments and, and, and pick up and, and move tomorrow, where would you go? That's a tough one. Uh, the band has been talking about going to Calgary for a little bit just because we've gotten some bigger opportunities there. But that would be like, you know, the part time. Let's go a little bit a little bit bigger than than right now. But um, it's so hard not to say Nashville because Nashville is just like the hub of all musicians. The scene is a little bit more country there, but I just feel there'd be like so much opportunity. But I'd be I'd be so stoked to move to somewhere like Nashville or um new york city or like philadelphia or austin texas has a really good music scene places like that where there's just a really big and like vibrant music scene that's doing a lot of stuff anywhere like that and you know like the, the states obviously there'd be a lot more opportunity than canada for the most part even though there is a lot more going on here than people think but um yeah just somewhere that has a great music scene where you can meet a lot of musicians and do a lot of gigging and get a lot of opportunity i think anywhere Really, that's providing that. But I think my first like default choice is Nashville. In your bio, uh, you say that you um, have been playing uh, musical instruments uh, from a young age. So, what was the, uh, the first off the first instrument that you learned to play? Uh, so, when I was probably like four or five ish, I don't remember exactly. Uh, my mom put me in piano lessons because. She put, uh, she put all of us, me and my brothers, all in piano lessons. So I did that for um, close to a decade, maybe a little bit less than a decade. I might have quit before then, but I had a bunch of years of piano training. And then I got into um, sixth grade and I, um, I became a percussionist in concert band at, uh, at school in sixth grade. That and I took some drumming lessons. I drummed in uh, concert band and jazz band took some lessons and I really I really loved drumming and um, then I got into high school uh, and it was ninth grade and I started um, doing farmers markets with my buddy who played guitar and from then on I was just like well guitar is really cool like I should I should learn guitar so I self-taught guitar and uh, I've kind of just like the whole time I've kind of always sang 
that's kind of always been something I really like to do. So yeah, that's kind of the progression of all the instruments. I, I guess you kind of got a little bit more than you asked for in that question, but that's like the whole progression of everything that I've done musical instrument wise, I guess you could say. Is there anybody that's uh, influenced you in terms of going uh, down the music path or did you just see a, ran a random instrument laying around and was like, I'm going to pick up this instrument and here we are? Well, I mean, I I've definitely been very involved with music my whole life. Like my mom is a, she's a music teacher. She teaches band at Eastview Middle School. And um, so I guess I was kind of just around music a lot as a kid too. Like, you know, my family would always watch stuff like American Idol and The Voice and America's Got Talent stuff where there's lots of great musicians kind of emerging on uh, their, on their programs. So I've just always really liked music a lot and wanted to do it and I, I don't think like I think as a kid you know we're all like oh, I want to be a rock star you know so every kid has that phase for sure where they want want to be a rock star and um for me I kind of just revisited it in high school I, I kind of started coming back around to it I was like you know what like maybe maybe I should actually do this like this has been something I liked my whole life so maybe I should really give it a crack so I think um it was kind of the mix of my mom being a music teacher and being around music my whole life and then just kind of realizing later that it was just something that I really loved. So I decided, you know, give it a shot, right? Cool. And so, and so does the, does the music influence uh, go back uh, beyond your mom? Like uh, her parents musical or is it just something that she discovered on her own? Um, that's a, that's a great question. I know that my, my grandma on my mom's side plays piano, but, um, as far as I know, I think she was just kind of in the same boat as me where she really loved music. And she in her in her teaching degree, she split it, her degree between teaching and music. And yeah, so I was just I was just around it so much that I really couldn't uh, really couldn't say no, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My, my grandma plays piano. That's all I really know for the most part. What's the, uh, the most challenging thing about uh, learning to play a musical instrument, especially as you alluded to the fact that you and self you taught yourself how to play the guitar right um i would just say it's 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 sticking with it um it can be pretty tough for the first for the first bit um i was lucky enough that i had some piano training and um and some experience with with drumming it, it really helps because you kind of understand the whole process of learning an instrument and how long it really takes a lot of people who've never played before they pick up a guitar or whatever it is and they expect to be, you know, Jimmy Page or they expect to be, uh, you know, some one of the greats. They expect to be Jimi Hendrix with a guitar within a week and it just, it doesn't work like that, right? You can't become one of the greats within, you know, such a short span. And I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near there. I, I don't think I, I know many people who, who are, but it takes quite a while to get, like, proficient at the at, at the instrument you're playing. Even for me, like with years of piano and um, years of drumming, it still took me months to get to a point where I would be like comfortable playing in front of people for sure, because, you know, you got to put in so much work before you can really, before you can really show others the work that you've done. Right. So, right. but yeah, it, it, it is tough, especially guitar. Like the fingers are hurting because those strings are, are really tough. That's one of the challenges. And then with drumming, you just get super tired because it's, it's a workout. Like it really is. And then piano, you got to get those finger finger stretches because your hands are gonna cramp up. It's uh, 
it, it's tough. There's a little bit more physical aspect in music than people think for sure. But uh, it's just, yeah, getting used to it, sticking with it until you've put in enough work that you can, I guess, show off the work that you've put in, if that makes sense. And I also know firsthand about that physical component. To, so what, back when I was in at school, I was probably like 12, 13. Um, I started learning how to play the guitar because I was like, oh, the, oh the, this is cool. So I did some guitar lessons and some some of the basics. But, but you're right. I didn't realize how important or, or how much exercises you need to do on your hand to be able to even hit the like the, the different frets and and I'm a bit of a wuss at times. I was like this 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 hurts this this sucks. I can't move my finger more than like th three inches to the like the next fret without losing the other one because not, not not enough mobility at least then yeah. uh, in my hand. So I I think back and I'm like there's th these things in life that, that you obviously can't control like when you do certain activities, but. But, but but that's one activity where I'm like, I wonder what would have happened if I started to um, play the play the guitar a few years later, you know, mm -hmm. and whether that would have made a difference. I'm not saying it would, because then I got into the whole uh, the theater world, probably because I didn't like music and it was just experimenting. But it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of wish I would have started playing guitar a little bit younger, honestly. I um it was definitely the instrument that made me kind of want to push my music career because when I was playing piano, I was doing, you know, the stuff out of the theory books, you know, Mary had a little lamb and then progressed and then Mary had a little lamb too. Right. So, and then in drumming, I really liked drumming, but um, I've always been like a singer first and foremost and drumming and singing don't really mesh the best together, but I still had a really good time. Like, playing drums in jazz band and there was an R&B band in my high school and I drummed in that and I sang a little bit too when I wasn't drumming so that was kind of just for fun and just to do a little bit of music but I think once I started playing guitar that's when I started kind of seeing myself as an artist um, because that's you know when all the like that that's when I started writing songs that's when I started playing publicly and getting paid to gig was when I picked up the guitar and when I started like accompanying myself while I was singing so I think the guitar was kind of that like breakthrough moment for me of like, Hey, I could actually, I could actually do this because my, I think another thing that's really important to learning an instrument is um, immediately start learning things that you like, because I think that's probably most of the reason why I quit piano. I wasn't playing anything that I was in love with and drumming. Like, I don't know when you're in concert band and when you're in R and B band, you kind of play the same things over and over and over mm -hmm. because the whole band is rehearsing those songs and it's like a school thing. So with guitar, it was just like whenever I wanted to, I could learn a new song, I could learn this or that. And so that constant change of scenery and that constant just like looking for things that I want to be doing personally helped me really progress much faster than I did with any other instrument. Because when you're learning things that you like and you're learning things that you want to learn, it's just going to be so much faster of a process and so much I guess more educational like you're 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 pushing yourself to learn new things because they're things that you like and want to learn feedback for the episode is tea absorbs moisture so it's important to store uh, loose tea or tea bags in a, a sealed uh, container and, and this comes from chinahighlights.com so that is cool. the tea fact for the episode awesome do you like tea uh, to be honest with you, I'm not much of a tea or coffee kind of guy. I, I mostly just drink like water and 
I, I and like chocolate milk and you know I I'll definitely you know if I'm hitting up some fast food places I'll go with like a coke or a diet coke or something but when it comes to um like caffeine consumption I'm not I'm not really like huge on it to be honest I don't know it's never coffee and tea have never really been a drink of choice for me for sure but so, I could is that family tradition is that is is that same for other members of your family is it or is there a reason or, or, or are we overthinking this? I don't know. I, both my parents drink coffee for sure. Um, maybe the tea thing is, is why, because they don't really have tea ever. And I've, I've only tried tea a couple of times and, you know, I don't think my brothers really drink coffee either, but, um, yeah, that could, I think it's just probably like a lack of exposure to it for the most part, but I don't know. It just never really interested in me. Like in my young adult years, I've never, you know, found myself, craving a cup of coffee or anything like that because I just kind of start my day raw like that just get up out of bed and use sheer willpower to get through the day instrument that you would like to learn how to play that you don't already play that's a good question I've always wanted to I I play like a little bit of ukulele and I I definitely would like to learn a little bit more like I know some of the like I can play the ukulele just not crazy at it but um I would really like to revamp my piano skills because it's been a bunch of years and I would love to be able to revamp that a little bit. Same with drumming. But, um, and I play a little bit of bass in the band too when we switch around instruments every once in a while, but bass and guitar kind of go hand in hand. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't really know if, other than that, if there's something I would really like to play. I mean, like saxophone is pretty cool, but uh, both my brothers played the sax, but I, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I think I've kind of, picked out the instruments that I really want to play and kind of just stuck with those. But there's, there's always other instruments that you think as a musician, if I could play that right now, that'd be pretty cool. But I think like my main musical endeavor right now is just improving my, my guitar skills for the most part and, you know, guitar and and singing. But yeah, my main mission for the past uh, while has been to step up my, my guitar playing game for sure. Cause you kind of get into a little bit of a routine as a musician, you're playing the same songs. You tend to, not always push yourself to like that next level so that's kind of what i've been trying to do for the last bit right now get better with my guitar playing and like technology skills so yeah when i was younger i spent a lot of time at my grandma's house and actually had a few uh, musical instruments uh, kicking around and uh, one of those musical instruments uh, was the harmonica so i used to walk around the oh, house yeah. like playing the harmonica now that's a bunch of fun because it, it it sounds half decent as long as you you can keep your breath going. <laughs> yeah, yeah one, of my, one of my bandmates has a harmonica too, and we we always end up fooling around with it. And we he he always comes with like kind of crazy and tacky instruments coming with like you know um what is that called a kazoo or like right. a slide stuff like that. Just you know stupid instruments that once in a while he'll pull out on stage and we'll all look over to him because he just starts playing in the middle of the song, even though that song definitely does not have a slide whistle. And we all just start, you know, laughing a little bit. He usually does a, you know, at the smaller shows that aren't necessarily, you know, making or breaking our career. And in the middle of the song, just pulls out the slide whistle and we all get a good kick out of it. So there's always fun little instruments like that that kind of sound good with no real training, like a harmonica or whatever. And they're always, those are fun to play because you can kind of just do whatever. And it's going to sound probably half decent okay so we've talked a lot a lot so far about uh, obviously the range of instruments you play Uh, so now let's flip it a little bit and to to the the ears 
So what was the first record CD or download that you bought and what inspired you to buy it? That's a good question, actually. Um, that's tough to say, but I think the first real CD that I listened to, like front to back, you probably wouldn't even know the artist, but his name's uh, his name's Chris Daughtry. He um, he was an American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's uh, he was a guy who was on American Idol and he didn't even place that high. I think he got like fourth, but I really liked him. I was super young. I think I was like four or five when he was on the show. But I remember being like a really young kid and having his CD and listening to his uh, his album basically front to back and really loving it and just being obsessed with it. And he had one big song that I bet you like if I played it, you would you would recognize it. It's called Home. But um, I think other than that, he didn't really have a ton of other like big hits. But I just remember like that was the first CD that I remember like kind of binge listening to a bunch as a kid. And um, I don't think it I mean, you know, it actually it totally did inspire me back in the day. Like when I was in my young kid, I want to be a rock star phase. It was definitely because of like his CD and, and stuff. But but yeah, I don't know if it comes to like real influences on who I was listening to at the time when I decided to like become an artist, it was, it was Ed Sheeran for sure. His multiply album, this, the second one, you know, like the green one with the X, um, that was the one that I really started listening to that kind of changed the way I thought about music for sure. The way that I perceived myself in music, I guess, if you want to put it that way, if that makes sense. Now, I also uh, love Ed Sheeran. Uh, Ed Sheeran is on my, like, dream guest list, uh, um, like, for, for, for the Tea, Tea with Mike show. And he, he actually did, just did his uh, first interview for, I think it's, like, two years on uh, BBC Radio 1 uh, the other day. And he's got a new, I don't know if you know, but he's got a new album coming out. But this one's a little bit different because it's with a, he's, he's changing... Like 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 where he's at in his career. Obviously, he's done he's he's done like the solo guitar tours and that. But but now he's transitioning into more of a, a little bit like ten o two, a full band behind him for, for some of the wow. songs, for some of the songs That's that were meant meant to have uh, full bands in his words like when he wrote them. But it's just not how it came out in the end, right? Right. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I loved his solo acoustic stuff. And all the way through, like his his albums, you can kind of see the progression. Like his first one, um, ad was like a lot of his, a lot of solo acoustic stuff for sure. And then in in multiply, you saw him add like a little bit of like almost hip hop vibe songs where he starts to like rap and do a little bit more uh, stuff that would you kind of see in the top 40s charts. And then he kind of did a full 180 on his album after after that. There was some more hip-hoppy stuff, but then he also had some, like, folky vibes going mm. uh, with songs that were very, like, you know, back in the 1800s in the UK, like Nancy Mulligan or whatever, like that one. I was like, wow, this is such a different vibe. And then his latest project, I honestly didn't get around to listening much of. It was you know, like the collaborations project where he collaborated with a ton of artists. And that's kind of not the Ed Sheeran that I really like fell in love with. So I didn't really give it much of a chance. I probably should have, to be honest, being a, a dedicated fan. But if he comes out with another album that's like more full band vibe, but like still keeps the pieces of his old one, I'm I'm 100% listening to the whole thing. The collaborations, the hip hop side of his thing isn't really my cup of tea. But I still like some of those kind of songs. But yeah. It was it was more his earlier stuff that was that really piqued my interest. So I'm interested to see if he gets back to that a little bit. It's also incredible um, 
like how how much he's achieved in such a short uh, space of time. Yet he yet he's the type of person that you could have a beer with at, 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 at the bar, right? He would like walk to the bar or like like cycle versus whipping a Lamborghini to the door, you know? Yeah, I mean the guy could afford a Lamborghini, no question. But you would definitely see him rolling up in like a, I don't know, like a little a little Pontiac or yeah. something like that. Yeah, some little car because he just doesn't care. Like I don't think he's super materialistic, but um, he, I, you can just tell he's like one of the most down to earth guys. And it seems like he hasn't been in the industry for a long time. But I'm pretty sure he had his breakout moment like a decade ago. Like the A team, I'm pretty sure that like blew up ten years ago. So people, yeah, yeah. people kind of he's young and and seems new and stuff like that. But yeah, he's been in the industry for a while now. So uh, just switching away um, for music for a little bit. So I also believe that you are a multi-sport athlete growing up. So talk to us about some of the sports that you played and how you got involved with them. Right. Yeah. Um. I played a lot of hockey growing up. Go figure. Boy in Canada plays hockey. Very original story. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I started playing hockey when I was like four or five. And I did that all the way until uh, I graduated high school. You know, I um, just just here in Red Deer, played played hockey, played on some on some competitive teams, played on some teams that like traveled to, to big tournaments in the springtime too. Um, so yeah, hockey consumed a lot of my life as a kid. And I think that's also part of the reason why I didn't get into more musical endeavors at, at a younger age was because, um, Canadian hockey has such like a demanding schedule. Like you're on the ice, you practice like twice a week, you have a training session off ice, like at least once a week. And then you have two games on the weekend. So it's, it's easily like five to six days a week, depending on how competitive of a, of a team you're playing on. And, um, yeah, so I was also trying to play other sports at the same time. And like in middle school, I started playing volleyball and basketball, and I did that for all of middle school and a little bit of high school. Um, but once I got into my older years of hockey, it became even more demanding with the schedule, so I had to quit those school sports. I played a few others like badminton and stuff, and at a really young age, I did I did taekwondo for a bunch of years. And in the, in the springs, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, and in the springs, I did a lot of uh, – inline hockey so it's hockey on rollerblades go figure canadian boy who plays hockey also plays roller hockey you know very uh very crazy change there and when i was younger i played soccer too up until like the age of like 12 or 13 so i played like a, a lot of years of soccer so a lot of different sports definitely um grew up with a my, my dad was a phys ed teacher uh in school as well so um i was kind of around sports a lot as a kid too so i had that side of me too that sort of took over my childhood, which I think is what kind of steered me away from, from music. I was just really busy. So yeah. And that's, uh, uh, and do you want to expand a little bit when you, uh, about how Taekwondo was in your words, interesting? Yeah. I just think, um, just going off the reaction, I think, um, Taekwondo is a little bit more, um, you don't, you don't see people doing it as much, maybe when they're really young, but I did it for a lot of years. I did it from like the age of three or four until I was like 14, maybe just when I could, as I, as I got older and as hockey got busier, I had to stray away from it. But yeah, it's definitely a very different sport. Obviously it's not really much of a team sport. It's very, um, focused on like personal growth in, in a way where you're just constantly just, just solely evaluating yourself and how you're doing and you know, it's it's fighting training or self defense training, really. Um, 
like in a nutshell to some summarize it. So it um it was definitely super in, it, it was definitely a super interesting sport to take part in. When I was younger, I barely even really considered it like a sport. It was just like something I something I did. My my whole family or me and my brothers all all did taekwondo together. So yeah, I never really got too too competitive with it, but I did it for a really long time. So, but I, I appreciate a lot of it. It's um, taught me a lot of stuff, you know, about you know using using your body for self defense and for other things like that. And it's just like a great discipline, I guess. You learn a lot of interesting things going through taekwondo, especially at a young age, just about yourself and about you know how you can react to things they just it was a lot of like life lessons in it too like they with the younger classes too they kind of try and incorporate taekwondo into like real life where they're teaching you about like i don't know like behavior management and good good habits and stuff like that it was just building a lot of like positivity i guess so it was really good yeah definitely a theme of the show so far is um, maybe you got it from from the taekwondo, and then you you applied the, the theme of uh, discipline into s- some of your other endeavors, from probably to, like time management skills and a heavy spot schedule, and also school and probably bits of work here here, here and there to 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 your music. So it, it's interesting how it all links together. Right. Yeah. For sure. And you know, as I got older, I think it just became a point where I needed to pick what I really felt was kind of my lane and that's when um and you know slowly and slowly it was you know having to prioritize like I I did a bunch of these sports when I was younger to to try it out but eventually um I had to quit like taekwondo volleyball and basketball all those other sports to play hockey because they conflicted but then hockey um I I finished my last year of minor hockey and red deer and then I had to decide because music was starting to kick up. I, you know, was in a band already. We started gigging a little bit and I was like, all right, do I go play junior hockey and try and go play like, you know, college hockey somewhere after that? Or do I hang up the skates now and go full blown into music? And that was the first time in my life that something had trumped hockey. That was the first time that I decided to quit hockey for something else because it was always, no, I can't do this anymore because my hockey schedule is too busy. And music was the first thing that was the other way around. It's like music is the, the thing that I might do for the rest of my life here. So I'm probably not going to make the NHL, to, to put it lightly. Um, so, But I feel like the band and I, we could really do something with music that, you know, would put us in a, uh, I guess, a professional category of of music. Or, or I guess everyone has a different definition, but just to the point where we're doing this full time and we're sustainable and, you know, touring around, making music, that kind of stuff. I feel like we to make it to that point and I felt like that even before we really had any evidence of of you know being able to make it that far so I felt really strongly about it and it was enough to make me quit hockey which I always have to remind myself of that um, I made that big decision and I centered my entire life post high school around music so there was clearly you know something there to begin with if it was enough to make me quit hockey and to give Mm. up so many things to pursue music so because I'm very like priority like oriented i i kind of know what the main thing i have going on is and everything else that i do have going on is like a side a side piece and i know that when i have to sacrifice something for like the greater good i i definitely will so it it speaks volumes that i was willing to give up hockey for music for sure because i definitely loved playing hockey as a kid it was like my number one passion so and like you alluded to, that's a big decision at a, at a young age. But 
whatever it was, like you mentioned, there, there must have been something that was um, telling you, like whether it was in your gut or or, or whatever it was that. Uh, this is the way to go. And, well, so far, I think it's not turning out too bad here. I mean, yeah, we're, we're definitely working really hard, but I would say that those moments that you're alluding to, those moments of, I think this could work. I think it was just, um, well, I, I mostly played solo and I just, you know, you, you hear the feedback from other people about how they feel about your music and, and your playing and stuff. And I heard a lot of positive things when I was playing solo too. And then when, um, at the point when I quit, the band was really just like, playing farmers markets and playing open mics and it wasn't even like the full band that you see now and we were nowhere near where we are today we were very much we were way more unpolished than we than we are now but we were really young and we had a lot of energy and i um i guess it was like a mix of people also responding well to the band uh, after they were responding well to me for a couple of years playing little solo gigs when i came to those other gigs with the band too it was like the same response but increased because of the new dynamics added with um more members and more people for me to um interact with on stage and to fill out our sound and once i saw that the reaction even improved um from my solo stuff to being in a band i was like okay this this is definitely it and just you know even in rehearsal and studio and whatever it is you just see the dynamic and sometimes you take a little step back and you're like you know you can kind of recognize, yes, we totally have what it what it takes to to do this. So even before we got, you know, the validation on a bigger scale, like selling out some some venues and um, gaining fans in really different places and hearing lots of feedback like that, just the small things like the reaction at an open mic or small gigs was enough for me to say, okay, yeah, we could do this to a much bigger scale. So it was it was it was pretty cool to see that. Uh, finishing my high school days and it was kind of one of those things too where I was like every guy who plays sports in Canada is a hockey player basically it, that's not true but it, that's an exaggeration obviously but there's so many people who play hockey in Canada but like how many indie bands are there in in Alberta how many young indie bands are there in Alberta and Canada like compared to it, it's it's so much different and it's uh, I just felt that I had more potential in music than in sports in comparison and and that my band had more potential in comparison to my hockey career like there's so many unbelievable hockey players out there that were just miles ahead of me even though I played very competitively I was self-aware enough to know that I wasn't making the NHL but um with music you know I I, I thought that we had the potential to at least make it to some degree of of uh reasonable success so i just kind of took that stab at it and decided quit hockey don't move don't go traveling let's stay in red deer and go to school in red deer and let's give this a shot be close to my bandmates so we can really make this work because my bandmates were all in red deer too so a little uh, deeper into the uh, the origins story of the band so obviously you've just talked a little bit more about uh, your teenage years uh, on the sports side but then also um how entering music competitions, uh, playing some solo gigs, some open mics, uh, different types of uh, functions. Uh, so, so can you tell us a little bit how all of those uh, lead to joining up uh, with, with, with different bandmates? Like, did you meet one person first and then, then you were somebody else? Like, g g yeah. give, us, give us the context. For sure. So, um, 
really everything started in my music career once I picked up the guitar, as I mentioned before, because um, my buddy and I, um, someone who's not in the band, we were busking at the farmer's market in Red Deer. We just thought of that one summer. He, he played guitar. I sang. We were like, hey, let's go make some money. And uh, that was at the point where I started like posting singing videos and stuff like that. And I was like, while I was like accompanying myself with the piano and I was like, hmm, this could be like a fun idea. And then, you know, we made some good money that summer and that summer partway through, I was like, okay, I should teach myself guitar because this could be a really good thing. And then, so I did that. And then uh, there was another summer of just, you know, playing farmer's markets and I was in my school's talent show and I played like the, the college music festival where it's just like the, like the center of performing arts where they like, you get like adjudicated. It wasn't like a, a, a normal festival that you would think it was like a, a festival where there's like adjudicators who critique your playing and your singing and stuff like that so i've heard those dope. festivals before yeah yeah and yeah. i i did i did uh, a couple of those um throughout the years i did the talent shows i did the farmers markets a couple open mics here and there um stuff like that and uh so the way that it led me to the band was um i was playing hockey with this one guy who was in a band with my current drummer, Josh. Uh, by the way, for anyone context, the band is called 1002. So if you are interested in looking us up, you can find us anywhere just by searching it. It's T-E-N-0-2. So yeah, give that a look. We're on all platforms and we have music out and stuff, just for context to begin with here. And um, so I met, I, I met Josh through him because um, my hockey teammate was in a band with him and they were gigging around and stuff like that a little bit playing some open mics and then um i was jamming with my hockey teammate and then the one day josh came around and uh him and i just instantly had like so much musical chemistry and just like personality chemistry we just instantly like vibed and got along really well and we started hanging and and talking more and uh eventually he was like we got to do something like together musically and this was like within the span of like a couple months of knowing each other. And then um, we just decided that we were going to be a band, I guess. And then um, from then on, it was just him and I for a little bit. We just played some open mics. We busked together at the farmer's markets, did like tiny little events that we got hired for and stuff like that. And then we uh, found a bassist. He was a guy in another band. His name was Max McKinnon, who ended up quitting. But he became the producer of our EP uh, called Songs About Girls, which can find on any platform we've got that music out there wherever you get your music it is there search her name it's there and uh, he became the producer of that because he moved to go to school for music producing and um, that was in lethbridge so that's why we got to record that ep was he did it as a school project and um then uh we met caden our guitarist he was at a bunch of other open mics played in another band that we had seen before and um yeah we just reached out to him and said hey do you want to come jam with us kind of looking to expand a little bit because it was about a year and a half of Josh and I mostly just being the two of us playing little events and we wanted to get you know a little bit bigger because we were about to turn 18 and you know we figured now we can start playing in some of the bars and venues and we need to fill out our sound a little bit and then Caden came along and um, it just you know instantly worked we sounded so much better we got some more gig offers and yeah so he fit in great he was our lead guitarist and then he brought a buddy around who he knew played bass from uh, from rock band in high school, and uh, th his name was Preston, and he played bass for us for a while, and then very soon after that, um, in that same span of a couple months, Emma joined us because we knew her from open mics and other places around. She went to high school with Caden and, and Preston, and um, 
so that was the formation of the band from late 2018 to like late 2019 and then Preston our bassist ended up moving to Medicine Hat for a job so and we had a ton of gigs lined up so we had to find someone and find someone fast or else we would have been missing out on some gigs so um that's what that's where our current uh band member Chase came in who uh plays bass guitar for us now and um that's been the makeup of the band ever since like late 2019 a lot of, um, Josh and I met through a mutual friend um, we knew each other. We all knew each other through like open mics and like the the local young music scene around. And Caden, Emma, and Chase all knew each other from rock banded hunting. So, it um it, it was a lot of one at a time joining and stuff like that. It wasn't like you know we all met in an elevator and <laughs> that would be cool. Harmonized, you know, like no. That would be cool. That's a good start. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of the most like cheesy untrue scenario like you know we were all sitting in a random cafeteria one of us sang it out and the rest of the five just sang with it it's like no that's not how it happens usually but um these are good scenarios though i'm, I'm yeah. happy with it i'm sure that's how a lot of boy bands meet or whatever you know one of them starts singing some random other boy band song and then everyone else joins in in harmony but uh no that's definitely not our story it was a lot of people quitting and 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 finding new members and meeting through this and that but it was a lot of a lot of one at a time so but yeah i'm we're we're so happy with the makeup of the band right now and our sound and how things are progressing so i think this five is the five that are going to stick it out well finger, fingers crossed so what do you think you've learned about music and your and yourself from kind of this transition of a lot of solo stuff at the beginning with with, with an element of collaborative playing uh, through some of the school competitions. And how do you think that those experiences and developed skills have helped you become a successful band musician or a member of the band? That's probably a better way right. of putting it. Right. It was, a, it was a definitely an interesting transition at the beginning when, when Josh first told me he wanted to do something with me musically. Uh, I had never really thought about being in a band at that point. I'd always considered myself like a, solo acoustic singer songwriter because i idolized ed sheeran right and so for the first while i was like i don't know i'm not sure if this is what i want but the more him and i hung out i was like no this is definitely it so like performing solo i you know i i liked it for sure but it wasn't until i played with my bandmates and that we slowly and slowly progressed more that i just fell in love with playing live like i, I played in those competitions and i did like playing but there was just a, a an undescribable energy and flow and just fun that comes with playing live on stage with your bandmates especially like the more and more you get tight um musically and as friends just it becomes so effortless on stage that um well the effort transitions from playing your instrument to you know performing so i find more and more when the more and more we get comfortable um musically we can do cooler things on stage where you know we're just jumping around and having fun but still sounding and, and playing well so there was just like i don't know it's also nice being on stage knowing that you have some people to kind of fall back on if you if you mess up and you have some other people who are gonna play off of you there's just it, it's it's uncomparable the difference playing live solo versus playing with your bandmates like it was absolutely not even close to the same. like i would have never been as busy of a musician as i as i am now 
if I wasn't in a band, like I'd probably play the odd solo show and stuff like that. But that's half the reason why I booked us so heavily was we all just loved playing live so much that like, why wouldn't we want to do it every weekend and a couple times in the week and stuff like that? You know, the money was, was great too, but, um, just, just being out there and, and playing for people and interacting with people and interacting with the bandmates, it just, it, it's, it's a completely different story and how it affected my musicianship for sure is, um, I was totally in like my shell of I'm going to play solo acoustic songs and sing with it. But my bandmates who have more of like a rock background or on our bassist has like a metal background. He really likes like metal music and Caden, our guitarist has um, like a blues rock background. And Josh is really into like rap and, and punk pop. And Emma's also really into like alternative stuff like me. Just my, my bandmates pushed me so much to broaden my horizons musically and like listen to new things. And to like improve my playing big time, like uh, my my progress from where I was with the guitar before being in the band till now is just completely different. And my musical tastes have changed so much since being in a band with them. I listen to so much more of like a variety of stuff. So it's really cool. We all have super different tastes, but we all have like our kind of agreement point of like what sounds really good with the band. And for us, it's like, you know, like a splash of everyone's taste, but it's mostly like alternative, alternative rock because we all kind of like alt and alt rock. So that was kind of like our meeting point of like, yeah, this is the music that we all, it's maybe not all of our favorite, but it's all music that we all like and we, that we know we sound best with. So it's what we went with. And I think, um, as a, as a musician in a band, you got to learn to really work with other people it's a constant collaboration. It's not my way or the highway. It's, this is what I thought. What do you guys think? It's kind of like, it, it really makes you work on your communication skills. I'm not sure if there's much else I can, I could probably ramble on about this forever. Actually, no, 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 that's good. You, you touched on a, a really good point in that it's not necessarily about always playing as stuff that you like or in another, in another <laughs> context, like putting out the content that you always want to put out it's like what performs the best like the the audience is the ultimate judge and i thought you that's a really good good point you, what your goal is to make it professionally as a band you've got to listen to the the audience the mm-hmm. the, the market that you're playing is how can you guys stand out from other competitors and so sometimes you have to sometimes you have to give away a little bit of what you really want to do not saying you can't do that as well with that experimentation side but the the audience there's no other way of putting it but the audience is the ultimate judge right like we're 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 content creators at the end of the day that's what musicians really are we're making something to to give to people so you know you can make something that you want to make all day long like if you want to make a certain genre of music go ahead and do it but if you want to do something professionally, you have to listen to your listeners because they make your career. At the end of the day, if you don't have listeners, if you don't have fans, you don't have a music career, really. So, I, don't, I mean, that could that could be wrong in a partial sense. But for the most part, as a standard musician slash band, the people are everything. So if that means you got to compromise a little bit and figure out what the people want, you got to you got to find a way to make ends meet to make those bridges cross right the what do i like what do my fans like let's bring it together and that's kind of what we did sure uh, people are dying to know so why why is the band called at uh, 1002 and what's the story behind the name yeah we, we get asked that a lot um it's nothing crazy really but um 
so back in 2016 when the band was first forming when it was just josh and i um we when we decided that we were going to be a band we were like okay well what um we need a name and we struggled for weeks we tried a couple different names at open mics and every time we get up there and we'd say the name and then we just both look at each other and be like "Mm, that didn't come off that didn't sound good that just wasn't wasn't the vibe really and then the one day we were hanging out and we were we were just kind of sitting around talking and jamming and we're like okay you know like it was the first day that we had like the serious conversation of like this isn't just for fun like i think we can do something with this like we've been getting great reactions at the little open mics and stuff like that like we should really go for this like today's the day we got to pick a name because today's the day that we really decided that we're going to go for it and it was um october 2nd of 2016 so you put that on a calendar 1002 so so i so it's as simple as that it's as simple as that is the day that we decided that nothing's gonna stop us we're we're going for this and we're gonna make something of ourselves in the in the music scene you you did something great there you, uh, you kept it simple you know you, you want to be focusing mm-hmm. on the music you, i'm sure some people nobody's perfect but i'm sure some people will be like well we can't make music until we got a name and then for four months five months six months and then you've lost all momentum so my alternative right. My alternative story was you were sitting at the at, at the table and you, you looked at your uh, fingers and thumbs. You were like, "Oh, there's ten of there's ten of them c- combined, and there's two of you sitting in the room, ten or two. But, yeah, some of my bandmates think that the story of how we got our name is kind of lame, even though it's very you know to the point. So at shows, I'd always get the eye rolls from my bandmates when someone would ask, and I'd tell the name, they'd be like, "Oh, so boring, right?" Like, but then so sometimes. I'd catch them off guard and just say like the most obscene stories about how we got the name. I was like, well, you know, back at the age of 16, I was in prison and, you know, I killed two men with my, with, I killed 10 men with my two hands. Oh, you, you could do stuff like back when I, back, back when I was 10, I loved music and my parents, cause we're a musical family, took me on the once in a lifetime trip to England. And we went to the O2 arena to see my favorite artist, blank, blank, right, yeah. blank. And it was always my dream to ultimately end up playing at the O2 uh, to, to arena. And, 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 and the reference to 10 is, uh, is when that dream began. Yeah, I feel like that kind of falls in line with the, with like the first story a little bit more. Just like kind of more goal driven, I guess. But yeah, sometimes just to stir things up. Someone will ask me to about where, where we got the name from, and you know, if I I'll assess how drunk they are, and if it seems like they'll believe me, I'll tell them something absolutely like stupid, <laughs> and then the next see them if they ask me again, or if someone else if I see they're in the room, I'll explain the real story sometimes, or sometimes I'll just let them believe what I told them and just walk away and be like, oh, gotta get back on stage. I hear the band calling me, but uh, yeah, I like to have fun with it a little bit sometimes, but for the most part if they're like genuinely invested and curious, I'll give them the real story. But uh, just sometimes when people are looking really intoxicated to show and they're not going to remember anyways, I just like to see their reaction when I tell them some crazy story that definitely never happened. Again, we talked a lot about music, a lot about sports, but another um, component to your story is and education and obviously you studied education at red deer college so <clears throat> give us the 30 second version on why you why you decided to take the education program at red deer college 
Right, for sure. Um, so when it came down to picking um, between music and, and hockey to kind of bring this full circle a little bit, I chose music. And at that point, I was also like, well, you know what? I need to uh, have a good backup plan as well. And for me, that was education because I've done a lot of coaching over the years, coaching in different sports. And, you know, I've always liked the atmosphere at school and stuff like that. I've always been a, like a keen learner. So I was like, you know what, let's, I think if music didn't work out, teaching would be something that I would definitely enjoy. Both my parents are teachers, so I would likely be able to get a job. Um, I speak multiple languages and have backgrounds in sports and music. So I also kind of weighed that in and was like, yep, I could definitely get a job and teach. And I always loved coaching. So how, how much different would teaching really be? And then it was uh, the program was in Red Deer for the first two years. And then after that, uh, you could apply to get into a program called Middle Years, which lets you finish your degree in Red Deer. So I was like, perfect. Four more years in Red Deer with my band in town, saving money and, you know, possibly building into a, a future career of, of teaching. And I've already done a, a practicum. I'm working right now as a as an educational assistant at Eastview Middle School, and um, like first and foremost, music is my plan and my passion. But I also, you know, the the rational side of my brain tells me all the time, hey, like have a good backup plan just in case things fall through. But I can say like with confidence that music is my number one passion and what I want to do with my life, and my teaching degree is. Um, just to kind of supplement that, you know, even if I graduate and music hasn't taken off for a bit, I can sub for a while. I can be an EA for longer. I probably wouldn't throw myself into like a permanent job right away. But even as a teacher, like you have great hours and flexibility. There's weekends, nights and summers. And that's basically just the schedule of a normal person going through school anyways. So nothing really changes in that regards to um, how busy I would be per se, maybe like slightly busier. But um, yeah. I, it was kind of a mix of like, this is something that I would totally love to do with my life anyways. So if music doesn't work out, great. I would still love to do this. But um, and it also gave me that ability to continue to do music, even not even if it's like on a professional scale. If I was teaching, kind of gave up professional pursuit of music, I could still totally play music on the weekends and nights and summers and, you know, tour even in the summers and stuff like that. It was just something that kind of gave me the flexibility to continue to do other things that I love while doing a job that I think I would also love. Yeah, and exactly right. If, if the worst came to the worst, you could always uh, share your love and passion for music uh, with the next generation too, right? And you'd be the coolest teacher or EA assistant going. I think you'd be cool amongst the kids, you know, like rocking it out on the weekend, <laughs> coffee on a Monday, you know? Yeah, it happens like that. the kids that I teach, and the kids that I work with, they all have like, you know, found my Instagram and my and the band's Instagram and our music online, and they're always asking me about it and stuff like that. So, it it, it is uh, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But um, and the kids are super cool about it. They definitely are really interested in it. But um, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's definitely something that would allow me to keep doing everything that I that I love right so and you know my mom's a music teacher like I said before but I think personally my endeavors with teaching would not be musical I think I'd just be doing so much of it outside of school that I'd want to keep things different at school and do something with like phys ed or another subject area just because mm -hmm. I know I'll be doing so much music outside of school I wouldn't want to get sick of it
What is your favorite age group to work with for kids? Uh, so my, my program is specifically for middle school. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Middle years. Um, so, I mean, technically I could get a job in elementary, middle, or high school, I believe. But I think middle school would be, like, my preferred route just because um, it kind of has that nice balance um, of, you know, not teaching something in, like, the 30-level at the high school where these kids are going through diplomas and it'd be like tough content. And it's also not the really, really young kids that, you know, you'd have to kind of babysit. It's kind of right in the middle. And, you know, people have their reservations about middle school because the kids are going through like a tough age at that time. But me personally, what I found in my practicum as well, which kind of like affirmed my assumption is that um, no matter what stage kids are going through in their lives, whether, you know, they're kind of getting into their adolescent years and they're going through all these I think that if they see that you're you're cool with them and that you care about them and that you listen to them and all that stuff, I think that they'll respond to you well regardless. Like teenage young teenage kids can be a little bit defiant, but I feel like, you know, if you kinda my, my strategy was to kind of play the the cool young teacher, I guess, you know, <laughs> that, that persona. And kids just love that. Like they're not gonna be sassy with you if they just kind of feel like you're just kind of there hanging out with them versus, you know, I'm about to send you to the office if you don't do your work. Like, that's not really how I would work. It would just be like, hey, you're, you've been, you know, you're not doing a lot of work right now. It'd be really cool if you got this done. And I feel like most kids at that point would just be like, yeah, you're right. So versus, you know, the disciplinary kind of mm, approach. My approach would be so opposite. It would kind of just be like, you know, the the friend who has your best interest in mind telling you hey like it'd be good for you if you got this done it'd be really I'd, it'd be super cool if you got this done and most kids i feel like take that approach with them and they'll probably respond much better than if you kind of threaten them with some kind of disciplinary punishment like being sent to the office or separated from their friends or whatever it might be you know so okay let's let's close out with a like a quick quick fire 30 uh, 30 second answers uh, so obviously, um, just coming, uh, you're a little bit more established now, but you're as a band, you're still pretty young in the in the grand context of uh, the industry. So, what 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 was the most uh, challenging thing about uh, getting your first few gigs together as a whole band and a whole sound? Um, getting our, our getting our first few gigs together was uh, the the tough part was just getting yeses. Um, we were a band that played open mics and small events. And stuff like that. And we didn't have problems, you know, going to open mics and events like that. But uh, um, as a band trying to break into like, the bar and venue scene, when you don't already have a resume of places you've played, people don't necessarily take you seriously. And as young kids, too, they see our age um, and they're they're skeptical immediately. A lot of young kids, you know, aren't bringing, the, aren't bringing huge crowds and they're not bringing the best musical talent. So we kind of had to try and work our way into getting yeses before they would see us live. Cause you know, when they would see us live, it would usually be a different story. They would really like us and want us back, but it was getting that initial yes and getting those questions of, wait, how old are you guys? Even though, you know, we were, we were still pretty young, but people were definitely very skeptical of us because of our age. And we had to work a little bit harder to get that initial yes, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense touched on it briefly but just again in a, maybe another 30 seconds expand on the uh, the style of um 1002's music for anyone unfamiliar with it awesome uh so yeah we're we're alternative we call ourselves alternative because we played a lot of different uh variety of covers to begin with but um 
yeah, it kind of did hone into that alternative, alternative rock setting. Uh, you can kind of hear that in our music and some of our new music that we're going to be releasing probably in the next, I don't even know. I actually can't give you a real timeline. I'd like to say, you know, months away, but it, it could be a while. We'll see how it goes, but it definitely is very pop rock, alt rock, alternative indie kind of vibe, what you would expect from an indie band for the most part. So yeah, there's five of us. We got two guitars, bass, keys, drums, piano. Sorry, no, I piano twice. Keys, guitars, two of them, bass, drums, and yeah, vocals. And uh, yeah, we play around a bunch and we're very energetic young band, I would say. So really melodic stuff and a definite definite mix of genres. But yeah, that's that's us. Finally, so obviously, uh, you, you, it sounds like, as we've established, you're always very busy between... Uh, obviously the job that you have now and uh, developing out your entrepreneurialism uh, side I definitely think you got a bit of entrepreneurial uh, blood in you so what do you kind of do to kind of de uh, decompress because it seems like you're very motivated you got a lot of discipline lots of exciting things going on but as I know a little bit you can burn out so what do you do to look after your mental and physical well-being um, so I'm, I'm super into fitness. Um, I, I always worked out while, you know, while playing sports, but it was a little bit more oriented towards the sport I was working out for. But after high school, I, um, I, I would keep in shape in the summers, but it was really in the last year over COVID, uh, where I really kind of transitioned from doing the style of working out that suited my sports to going to the gym. Like before I was doing a lot of like CrossFit style stuff. And now I'm, uh, in the, in the gym doing a lot more like heavy lifting stuff. And for me, like it, it was a personal, um, journey that I wanted to, you know, Im improve my, you know, physique, I guess. But, um, I've always been in fairly all right shape from playing sports, but it, but, um, the benefits for my mental health are what I kind of thought about at the beginning, but didn't really consider that much. But at this point, yeah, it's how I unwind, even though I have specific goals and it's part of my, you know, overall endeavors is to, you know, to look and feel better. A lot of the the feeling better is what it really comes down to. Some days if, if I haven't gone to the gym, cause I'm too busy, it's, it's in my head and I'm like, I, I got to get to the gym. Like it's my kind of, it's like the serotonin release that just, you know, kind of restarts my, my engine a little bit. So I really like to get to the gym and makes me feel a lot more like accomplished and uh, you get to go, you know, go home feeling a little bit more tired out. It helps me sleep better at night. De definitely helps me feel better. And at the same time, going to the gym has made me take care of my diet a lot more, um, tracking, you know, calories and macronutrients and making sure I'm eating well and stuff like that. And then other than that, the only other thing is I have this habit when I get home, it doesn't matter how late I get home. I have to like go and watch a little bit of Netflix or YouTube. It's like, I have a trouble like getting home and just like jumping straight into bed. I kind of need to like unwind for a little bit. So the other night, yeah, I was like telling you how we got back from, from a gig this weekend and it was like really late. It was like four in the morning, but I still had to go watch like 20 minutes, half an hour of like YouTube or Netflix just to kind of settle me down before I hopped into bed because there's a lot of adrenaline coming off of a gig and you know, you're out with your friends and your bandmates and having a good time. So I kind of need that little time to, unwind i do you know I, I do value like my alone time my unwinding time i do need that as much as i'm with my bandmates constantly we all need our time to kind of just settle down and unwind and be by ourselves it really does a lot for your mental health not too much of it obviously because we were all in quarantine for 
how long, but I do value my little bits of alone time that I get for sure. It's the Tea with Mike show.